Most religions share a belief that the body and spirit coexist until the body has perished and the spirit moves on into the afterlife. However, there are those that remain. Some stay with a purpose. Some are doomed to relive their own violent deaths. These spirits are one of the oldest aspects associated with Halloween. For generations to come, people will still gather around the campfire to tell the stories of ghosts. Welcome to 13 Degrees of Screams, where we watch and dissect your favorite spooky movies. I'm your host, Alex. And Stephanie. And this is a mostly horror podcast. Each season, we will rank 13 movies on a scariness scale from, you guessed it, 1 to 13. We will uncover the real-life myths and legends that inspire these movies and tell you just how authentic they are. This week, we see some dead people with The Sixth Sense. So, Stephanie. Yes. Have you seen The Sixth Sense before we watched it for this podcast? So... Sort of, yeah. Sort of? How um, do you sort of? I mean, it's, again, one of those movies that I saw a lot on cable in little bits and pieces. So, uh, like, okay. I knew enough. Uh, I knew the spoiler. Like, I knew the uh, twist. Yeah. I mean, I feel like at this point, Everybody literally knows. everyone knows. Yeah. Even if you've never seen the movie, you know it. Right. There's actually a great bit about one in a comedian stand-up. I think his name is Nate Bargatze. Okay. And he talks about how everyone was so surprised that Bruce Willis was dead. Mm-hmm. And, Spoiler! <laughs> and everyone just assumed beforehand that it was just the story of a marriage of a man that <laughs> wasn't talking to his wife. <laughs> it's so funny you say that because, like, having no... When you know, you realize that it's he's like, never talking to anybody else. Like, right. I mean, he does say, like, she doesn't talk to me anymore, but it's, like, so obvious. Like, the yeah. sec- like it's like... Once you know it, you know. Like, right. And it's like, how could you ever think that he was alive? Right. <laughs> like, they, you know, they nail it home that he sees dead people. Like, that's the whole thing. And it's like, of course, like, why did we not yeah. think that was the thing? I don't know. Maybe because I just don't know. But it's so obvious once you watch it again. You're like, oh, yeah. He's so dead. you were dead. He freaking did. <laughs> like, obviously, I've seen it. So I really, really enjoy Sixth Sense. Oh, yeah. I had a blast, honestly. <laughs> and I forget, like, honestly, at this point, I mean, Shyamalan is known for just, like, questionable movie choices. And right. Just, like, I forget. This is so good. Yeah. Like, what happened to you? Like, I know. Signs was good, too. Uh, came soon after. But Sixth Sense is really good. Like No, like, I would definitely watch it again for just for funsies. Like, How did you go from Sixth Sense to The Happening? I don't know. <laughs> Even Old. I saw Old recently. Oh, yeah. Like, old when it came out. Bad, it's not bad, but, but it's... It's not definitely doing what Sixth Sense is doing. No, Sixth Sense it's is on, on another, another level. You got it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. We know. Sixth Sense is so good. I really enjoy this movie. I was I saw it when I was younger when it came out. And at that point, 19... When we go in the background, it came out in 1999, so I would have been only like seven. Right. And I guess... I mean, I, I liked it, but I was too young to like really understand, I guess. And I've seen this a bunch of times since, and I was actually really excited to watch it again. Yeah. For the podcast, just because it's that's so well done. It is very good. Did you happen to notice like the little touches of red? Oh yeah, that's the thing. So, Everywhere, like, yeah. Yeah. So anytime like a ghosty thing was happening, there's red. Yeah. Like it's noticeable, I would say, because like there's a red doorknob in Bruce Willis's house. Yeah. Like, that's not common, or the big red doors on the church. I think it was. Yeah. It's red balloon. It's and, sprinkled throughout, and like Cole wears red a lot too. Like, and the mom. And the mom, especially at the end when they're talking about. Yeah. Well, when we get to the plot, but yes. yeah, there's red uh, sprinkled into the movie to signify like when ghosty stuff is happening, which is like all the time. Yeah. 
So, Stephanie, where did you rank The Sixth Sense on the scariness scale? I ranked it as a 10. A 10? I have it as 11. Oh, fair. I mean, I'm not unhappy with that now that I've watched it again, because... No. It definitely builds suspense. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're starting to get to the point where things are getting a little muddied with the scale, because... I definitely think it was scarier than Personal Shopper, and I have Personal Shopper above it. So when we do our final conclusion, I'll have to do some rearranging. But Yeah, the, this say, conclusion episode's going to get weird. Yeah, it's going to get weird, <laughs> but it's definitely scarier than Personal Shopper, but it is more intriguing to me than scary. I can see that. If that makes sense. I don't know if that makes... It doesn't make six sense. <laughs> does it make six sense? It doesn't I don't make know. all seven eights. It doesn't make seven, eight, or nine cents. <laughs> but it's a very intriguing movie to me. Yeah. But the ghosts are definitely startling. Yeah, they are at the very least more shocking, especially in the beginning, like the little happenings going around the house and like their apartment and stuff. The sprinkle of happenings. The sprinkle. That we'll get through. You ready to hear some movie background on The Sixth Sense? Yeah. So it came out in 1999 and is described as an American supernatural horror film written, of course, and directed by M. Night Shyamalan, as we said. It stars Bruce Willis as a child psychologist whose patient, who is played by Haley Joel Osment, claims he can see and talk to the dead. And I did want to mention Tony Collette plays the mom. She's phenomenal in everything yes. she's in. So She is very good. Love her. I didn't realize it was her. No, I didn't either, but like she's from Hereditary, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's great. I love her. She, every movie I see her in, she's amazing. Yes. So, released by Buena Vista Pictures through its Hollywood Pictures label on August 6, 1999, critics praised its performance, particularly those of Willis, Osmond, and Tony Collette, the atmosphere, and the plot twist. So, when I was putting this down, I didn't really catch the Buena Vista, which is, that's Disney-related, I'm fairly certain. Yeah, Buena Vista Drive is like a big road in Florida for Disney World hotels, and I'm sure you can take almost that road to almost everything Disney Park-related as well. Yeah, I know that because of Kingdom Hearts. Oh, yeah. Buena Vista, so that's the same thing. This is like a Disney movie. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. Because I remember on, like, older classic Disney films and stuff like that, too. Like, their name was always in the credits and stuff before Mm. movies. Yeah, I didn't catch that. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. So the movie was actually nominated for six Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Original Screenplay for Shyamalan, Best Supporting Actor for Osmond, and Best Supporting Actress for Colette. The film established Shyamalan for thriller films and introduced the cinema public to his traits, most notably his affinity for surprise endings. So, started it all with his little twisties. You could say that again. He should have stopped. No, I don't hate him. He, has hit. he did well, and then he, he yeah, should have been done. This was crazy. Uh, it was the second highest grossing film of 1999, taking about $293 million to the U.S. and $379 million in other markets. Of course, we all know the line, I see dead people, has become a cultural phenomenon. Yes. It was parodied in movies like Scary Movie. And actually, it scored number 44 on AFI's 100 Years 100 Movie Quotes. Oh, yeah, for sure. It was also scored 60th place on AFI's 100 Years 100 Thrills special honoring America's most heart-pounding movies. Oh, okay. And I'm fairly certain it was on something, the 100 Movie Moments. Yeah, I think that one that you showed us, us in, like as in our two people helping us behind the scenes. Our team, yes. Yes. 
Wasn't it like 100 scariest moments or something? Yeah, it was like 100 scary film. movie moments. So I see dead people. I feel like everyone was saying that. Oh, yeah. For <laughs> Back sure. in the day. And I actually, this is so embarrassing. When I was a kid, I had a t-shirt that said, I see dumb people. <laughs> I love that so shirt. So clever. <laughs> I know. I love that shirt. It's so stupid. I can't believe I had that shirt. <laughs> so are you ready to get into the plot? Yes. So we start off in a suburb of Philadelphia in a very ritzy area. Is where- it ever ritzy? Oh, at least, the, the very beginning. At least where he lives. You're right, yes, you're right. Where child psychologist Malcolm Crow and his wife Anna are just getting home and celebrating being nominated by the mayor for his work in child psychology. Mm-hmm. And pretty much instantly, a former patient of Crow's is in their house. Breaks in, just chilling. Naked. And it, well, he has oh, underwear on. Oh, yeah. He's modest. I mean, you know, there's a difference between underwear and full-blown naked. So, just want to throw that out there. Yeah, he's not Christian Seward again. Yeah. Well, I guess he is, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so, Crow tries to reason with him, you know, like, tell him, like, he can get him help and stuff like that. But this man is very upset with him, says he couldn't help him. And at first, Crow even, like, struggles to remember who it is, mm-hmm. which... Like, my best friend, Shantae, is a counselor, and mm-hmm. I could really sympathize there. Like, she has, like, 99 cases. Right. So, like, I understand that, like, it's upsetting for a patient not to be remembered, but it's also, like, you're just one of many, and they want to help everybody. Right. Yeah, there's no way. Like, someone will tell me their name as I meet them, and I will not remember their <laughs> yeah, name, which yeah. is immediately, so... Yeah, and this was a long time ago because, like, he's a full-grown adult now. So yeah, he was and a he, kid patient. Right. So it's been so many years. He's probably had thousands of other people at this point. Exactly. So Malcolm at the time had treated him for hallucinations and eventually kind of remembers that his name is Vincent Gray. But he doesn't care that he remembers him after a minute and shoots Crow in the stomach and he falls over on the bed behind him because they were in their room mm-hmm. and immediately shoots himself in the head right after. Yeah. Okay. So welcome to the sixth sense. Yeah. So sometime later. <laughs> Un- undiscernible time later. Yeah. Malcolm just begins following a young boy, which I'm like, this is a little triggering for me after Lovely Bone. <laughs> Well, you may, well, he's not really following. He is following them, but he's helping him. Yeah. So it's not like it's just some random guy following this kid. Like, yeah, but he follows him into a church. It's a little different. Like, it's, uh, it's not your typical settings for clinic appointments with your therapist. Yeah, well, he missed the appointment, so he's going to follow him to... Follow, uh, yeah, that sounds weird. <laughs> anyway, so Malcolm has taken a particular interest in him, though, because he is nine years old and his name is Cole Sear, and he reminds him a lot of the man that has shot him as mm-hmm. a child. Yeah. So he fails that he has to rectify this failure with Vincent but through Cole. So he's adamant about helping him no matter what. But Cole is very distant and Cole doesn't want to tell him his secret. His secret. Cole talks like he's a 40-year-old man. Yes. <laughs> like, that alone, I'm like, oh, buddy. <laughs> like, he is too old for yes. a kid. Like, obviously, with what he's dealing with, which, spoiler alert. No, you can see it. Why? <laughs> yeah. He sees ghosts. So he, you know, had to grow up a lot. Yes. Now getting into Cole's relationship with his mother. So she is actually very supportive of him. And even though, like, Cole constantly worries that he's a freak. Mm -hmm. And, like, he pays a kid off at school to act like his friend. (laughs) Right. It's so sad. I know. The bully, nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. A kid that keeps on, like, putting in his face that he acted in one TV commercial. That keeps coming into play for some reason. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So his mother is very supportive, but like he doesn't want to even tell her about like what's going on, even though there's kind of like weird circumstances happening around the house. Like for instance, there's like this bee pendant that her mother gave her, so Cole's grandmother, that keeps going missing and ends up in Cole's drawer. And Cole claims that it wasn't him that moved it, even though it's just them living there. Mm-hmm. And also in one shot, Lynn, the mother, leaves the room to get some laundry from the dryer. She's gone for like two seconds and comes back and all of the cabinets and drawers are opened up in the kitchen. And I'm like, there's no way he'd have time right. to do that by himself. Yeah, it was like two seconds, and no. She's like, what were you looking for? Uh, nothing. <laughs> that wasn't <laughs> Obviously, me. no. He says Pop-Tarts, but that was not what was going on here. He's kind of like just playing it up, even though, like, he knows he didn't do it. Like, mm-hmm. so he almost figures it's better to just lie and pretend rather than admit it. Yeah, I think he knows, like, she's not going to believe him. Yeah. So eventually we see Cole at a birthday party and he sees like a red balloon floating up the stairs, like red stairs as well. Oh yeah, red. And he Stay can, away. Yeah. And he can hear someone calling out and what I'm guessing is like a laundry chute or something. It's very weird. It's like a small, smallish door. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what maybe, it's for. I thought maybe it was like the attic area. Maybe. I don't know. But two boys from his school follow him up there and tell them that they want to play a game called Dungeon, where he's in the dungeon. Sounds uh, fun. Do you yeah. want to play Dungeon, Stephanie? No. <laughs> Why not? Because I don't want to be locked I- in a dark room. I'll be in the dungeon, I guess. I guess so. <laughs> I guess that's fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so he hears voices. Like, he's hearing voices coming out of this door, so that's why he's up there. But then these two kids, they don't hear anything, so they just shove him in there and think, that's fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's crying and screaming screaming and beating on the door, Mm -hmm. and they're just standing there watching. I'm like, it's not funny. Even if it was funny for two seconds, as soon as he started screaming like that, it's not funny anymore. Right. So the mom comes out and the door is locked and it sounds like he's like being assaulted in there. It's 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 generally freaky. Yeah, especially even the voice you hear beforehand. Mm-hmm. And she cannot get this door open. Right, and but it was wide open before too. Mm-hmm. But it was like someone screaming, like "Let me out!" Like open the door. Mm-hmm. Mm. But eventually, like the screaming subsides and she's able to open the door and she rushes him to the hospital and he's fine, just kind of shaken up. But the doctors notice that he has marks and bruises. Marks, yeah, scratches and stuff on his body that she almost assumed was Mm self-harm. But the doctors assume maybe that she's hurting him at home. Right. They ask that question and she's like, you think I'm doing this? Do a fuck. Do a fuck. You think I'm doing this? Right. No. So that's a whole thing. And she goes and like threatens the kid's mom on the phone. Like, you know, like, keep your hands off my son. Mm Mm-hmm. But eventually Malcolm stops by and ends up talking to Cole following the incident in the hospital. And Cole finally admits that he's ready to tell him his secret. Mm -hmm. And he sees dead people and they don't realize they're dead. Mm -hmm. They're everywhere, he says. Everywhere. And he sees them all the time. Yeah. Malcolm's like, when do you see them? He's like. In your all, sleep? All, all, no, no, all the time. No, like literally like right now. Yeah. Like literally all the time. Like, can you stay here while I fall asleep? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> right. It's interesting that he's a kid, so of course he's still scared, but you'd think like at some point you get used to it. Yeah. But the thing is, these ghosts like come out of nowhere and they like torment him. Right. <laughs> like, I don't think you'll ever get used to that. No. Well, and then... Like, I even put in, like, ghost characteristics, too. Like, some of them don't even realize that they're talking to him. Like, Mm -hmm. the one woman thought she was talking to her, like, abusive husband or something. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and that's that the one opening the cupboards. Scary. Yeah. Yeah, she's like screaming at Cole, saying he's like the worst husband ever. Right. And she had cut her wrists. Yeah. So Malcolm thinks that Cole is delusional and considers dropping his case and thinking that he needs to be maybe medicated or even hospitalized. And we kind of see like in spurts throughout the movie, him and his wife, who are now not on speaking terms. Yeah. (laughs) I I would say so. And she is also, it seems like seeing an employee behind his back. Mm -hmm. So like going on the assumption that you don't know the the twist. (laughs) Right. So yeah, he thinks he's being cheated on. Right. By this little douche. Yes. So there's that. But after being basically rebuffed by his wife again, like her not talking to him, even though she is only watching wedding videos of them together, Mm -hmm. like almost every time he's home. Right. She just misses you that much. But she doesn't want to see or hear from you. Right. Like that doesn't connect very well, but all right. Yes. So there's that. He decides to go into... Their cellar, which he always has trouble opening the door. It's always stuck or locked Mm -hmm. every time. But he ends up going down into their wine cellar where he conveniently also works on his sessions with his his patients that are recorded. Mm -hmm. And realizes that Vincent, in an earlier session when he was a child, said the same things. And he, like, turns up the audio on it because he can kind of hear, like, a crackling Mm because he leaves the room. And he hears in the recording that, like, before he left the room, they were talking. It was fine. But when he comes back, he's hysterical. Mm-hmm. So he listens to while he's out of the room. And here's Vincent, like, crying and hearing somebody in Spanish yelling in Spanish, I don't want to die. Yeah. Oh, God. That scene really creeped me out. Like, yeah. anything with, like, EVPs or, like, where you don't see it, but you just hear, like scary people <laughs> right not that he was scary but like the context of it is very knowing that child's alone in a room and With... then there's somebody else screaming in there you know yeah that that's terrifying that gives me chills and like who even knows what the imagery for that looked like because he was very upset when he came back right so he realizes that the ghost that vincent and was cole. seeing and cole in this case now are real so he suggests to Cole that he tries to communicate with them and help them finish their business. Unfinished business. Again. Again, here we go. And Cole says he'll try. Yeah, I'll, I'll try my best. <laughs> so he lets a few go before he actually <laughs> tries anything. Right. I mean, that's a big burden for a nine-year-old yeah. to kind of... Well, and by the way, these aren't just like real, like solid-looking people, you know... They're stuck in the moment that they died, basically, Mm -hmm. and not always aware that death has become them. Right. There's that one kid, there's a younger boy, and he's like, hey, come look at where Where my my dad dad keeps keeps his gun. gun." And he turns around and there's a big hole in his head. Yeah, that was upsetting too. So one night, Cole awakens to discover a girl vomiting and... Yeah, at first he runs away, but... Yeah, I'd be like, I'm out. You know what? It's not even the fact that it's a ghost. It's the fact someone's vomiting. Gone. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd be like, that's not the one for me. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, I'll try again tomorrow. I'll try again yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. There's got to be somebody else, like something <laughs> less violent or weird happening. Right, or gross, just gross. <laughs> yeah, that too. But he eventually comes back to her because she's still in the room. She didn't just come in and vomit and leave, like, in Personal Shopper. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. No, this, this little girl's just like, where'd you go? we gonna talk about him now (laughs) but she tells him like she feels much better and kind of vanishes and he finds out who she is with malcolm and goes to her funeral reception at her home Mm -hmm. so she's a fresh ghost yeah she fresh off the presses (laughs) right 
Which is interesting that they must know that he, he sees can them, see them because they yeah. all these people are coming to right. him. So like she just recently died and showed up. Yeah, that's why I said off recording when we mentioned all the movies that we had watched for this recording session that it almost feels like an origin story for the medium of 13 Ghost. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. because like he honestly always seems terrified too in 13 Ghost, even though he's been seeing them his whole life. But right. It, that's kind of like the energy Cole is giving. And they're <laughs> always there, you know, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so. in 13 Ghosts. He says they're everywhere too. Mm-hmm. Mediums, unfinished business, ghosts. Yeah. A lot of mediums in these ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Cole ends up sneaking into the dead girl's room and finds a tape that she had hidden in her room and ends up giving it to her father. Well, the little girl gives it to him. Oh, yeah. She's like she under slides the bed. under She's the like, bed. This is what I, I want you to show Again, me. Charlie made the complaint that like they should be a little bit less creepy about it. Because she, like, startles him under the bed. Like, well, I don't know. She, she didn't do anything. He just sees her under the bed, and I think he just... She doesn't, like, jump out. And she's like, hey, but still. here's the tape. <laughs> like, she's just, she's just chilling there, you know? Right. And again, to your point, if they're stuck in their, like, little loop of how they died... Uh, yeah, I they're not, so. I mean, that's it's going to be a traumatizing just... experience, you know? I think they're just... They're not... I don't think they're actively trying to scare him. Right. And again, with the woman we talked about where she's yelling at her husband... She didn't realize. She didn't realize. Yeah, so. that's true. I mean, they could, honestly, again, she could have just been like, she could have slowly came around the corner and be like, um, hi, I need help. I would have scared me. Because, <laughs> like, I'm not expecting anyone. <laughs> right, right. So no matter how you approach me, ghost. Yeah, I guess that's I'm true. I'm going to be scared. <laughs> so. I don't know. Maybe he needs to have office hours or something. Like, someone knocks. and <laughs> Post them. <laughs> so Cole ends up giving the tape to her father because his daughter needed to tell him something. And surprisingly, I was like, so we're going to cut to this guy watching this tape by himself. Nope, just watches it in front of everybody in the home. Well, they don't know what the tape is. Yeah, that's, so. that's true. And I mean, not saying it's wrong, but I was just like, where are we going to go with this? <laughs> well, we're about to find out where we're going to go with this because <laughs> bad. And it turns out the mother had been poisoning her for many months, keeping mm-hmm. her sick. Why? And I even heard people talking before they even found the tape that they said the little girl's getting sick now, too. Like, the younger sister. I missed that. Yeah, so she was going to do it with her. Oh! Yeah. I mean, they don't delve into why. No. But that's mm. evil. Mur- murderers. Yeah. <laughs> murderers, she, man. <laughs> and the dad, like, confronts her, and she's like, who, me? I know. She doesn't say that, but she has that stupid-ass face on her face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And she's also wearing red, and Charlie yelled at the screen, Who wears red to a funeral? Like, this bitch. <laughs> the serial killer. Right. Yeah, because even in my notes, too, it says saving her younger sister from the same fate. So even Cole even talks to the little sister to make sure, like, here, she wanted you to have this toy. I'm sorry, she's not coming back, but she cared about you. Yeah. So he's doing the best he can for a nine-year-old. Yeah, better than I could. I've been uh, like... Pat, pat. Yeah, pat. Bye. Like, I, I don't know how to deal with that kind of situation. Right. So Cole is learning not to be afraid of ghosts, and he's getting better, like, more well-adjusted at school. He even is, like, the lead role in a play about King Arthur mm-hmm. and, or the sword and the stone, whichever it is. Some fairy tale where you take the sword and out of the rock, out of the rock and they're like, yay. Yay. That, that one. Yes. Whatever that is, that's the play. <laughs> yeah. And he also has a dead teacher coaching him on his lines and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And instead of being creepy about it because he was not good about it when somebody else in the school mentioned something about the past of the school. Mm -hmm. It was like a teacher in an earlier scene 
not super relatable to the plot, but we see how it's changed for him. Mm-hmm. In an earlier scene, the teacher is going into this lesson about how the school used to be a courthouse. And Cole's like, no, they hung people here. Like, they hang, they they, hanged them. Yeah, they hanged them. And he's like, no, no, they were just doing laws. And he's like, no, stuttering Stanley. Like, <laughs> <laughs> He's like, don't look at me, stuttering Stanley. <laughs> and then the teacher like freaks out on yeah. him. Calls him a freak. Yeah. Like, the teacher did not handle that very well. But I, I think it's sort of implied, though, that like the ghost can kind of like push their emotions into him at mm-hmm. times, too. Like if he gets upset or whatever and isn't handling what he's seeing very yeah. well. He kind of projects it out onto them. Mm-hmm. But in this case, like, you know, he sees a dead teacher that's helping him with his lines and he's just like, nope, I was just practicing my lines. Oh, yeah. I'm not doing anything weird. Like, yeah, she's very burnt, by the way. Half yeah. her body. Yeah. Because then the teacher says, oh, there was a fire here nonchalantly. And he's like, I know. Yeah. So even Malcolm comes to see the performance and says, you know, he was better than the kid that was in the commercial and everything. They have a nice laugh about it. They're buddies. Mm -hmm. And Cole even has a suggestion to talk to his wife in his sleep. And maybe that would help get her to listen to him. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, almost like he's helping you. Yeah. Hmm. (laughs) It's not clear if Cole knows he's dead. Does Cole know? I think so. You think so? Yeah. Okay. I think so, too, but they don't make it obvious. He says in the beginning, like, I assume I'll be seeing you again. And I think that was sort of implied. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think you're right. So then, while stuck in traffic due to an accident up ahead in the road, Cole decides to tell her, yeah, I see dead people because, you know, that woman that's in the accident in front of us, like, she didn't make it. She did. She did. The mom's like, oh, you see it? I, I don't see it up there. Yeah, like, she thinks he can physically see it. He's like, no, she's standing next to the car. <laughs> yeah, and then you see her, the bicyclist, and she's got, like, blood coming down her head. Yeah, and she talks to Cole about, like, thinking that he's lying, because she had confronted him about that bumblebee pin mm-hmm. that was hers that went missing, and he kind of said it wasn't him, so she thought he was lying again. But he said, you know, the pin... Grandma came to me and told me that she likes it so much, so she's sorry about taking it. Mm-hmm. She disliked it so much. And she doesn't believe him again, but he's like, she wanted you to know that she saw you dance. And that was like something that they had a fight over when she was a kid. Mm-hmm. And she thought that she didn't show up to her dance recital, but really she did. And that kind of like seals it for the mom. Mm-hmm. And like she answered a question for her, but he didn't know what the question was. And Yeah, the answer was every day. And then Cole asks her, what was the question? And the mom says, do I make you proud? Right. And then and that like- really like comes into focus for her now that it's real it's real yeah and then the, it's tears and it's a very emotional scene yeah but it's so nice because like even though she didn't believe him at first mm-hmm. like cole still is worried that she'll think that he's a freak and weird and stuff like that and she's like no like look at me like i would never think that about you and she's told them that several times right even, even when she questioned stuff that was going on right with him. I think, all in all, she's a good mom. Yeah. I mean, she has this one point in the movie that really is, it's during the Bumblebee scene. She's like, if we don't communicate, we're not going to make it. I'm like, you're talking to them like (laughs) you're spouses. Right. No. That was a little serious, but I think she was just kind of like at her wit's end. Oh, yeah. I don't blame her. Yeah. I'm not saying I blame her one bit, but, you know, in that moment, I'm like, yikes. What are you going to do? Get out on the street. (laughs) It's over. No. I don't think it was that for her, but I know what you mean. So then we see Malcolm return home to Anna, and she's asleep on the couch again watching the wedding videos. Again. Yes, and he decides to 
tell her that he's sorry and all that stuff and that like they keep missing each other like communication wise but realizes that Anna says something about like why did you leave why did you leave me mm-hmm. and drops his wedding ring and he realizes he's not wearing it anymore right and then it kind of all comes flooding back to him like what Cole had said about they don't know that they're dead and mm-hmm. and him being shot and not making it and yeah it shows yeah. it shows scenes earlier in the movie of every time he's like with her and she's not talking to him because she did there's this one scene that I think they did a pretty good job where she's sitting alone at dinner and he comes. He's like, sorry, I'm late. And she's just ignoring him. And then she says, she gets up to leave. She's like, happy anniversary. And initially you think it's snarky. Yeah, because he didn't make it or but something. She, she legitimately was like saying it in a sad way. Yeah. So and then you find out there was a desk or it was like a table shoved up against the door, yeah. which is why he has issues opening it every time is because there's actually a door in the way. It's stuff that she's moved since he's been gone. (laughs) And then he, like, turns around and there's the the bullet wound in his back and blood everywhere that he didn't realize was there. Right. Just like a lot of the other victims that Cole saw, like, he still has the wounds of how he died. And I meant to look... Was he wearing the same clothes the whole time? I didn't. I meant I didn't to like think pay about attention it that to way. That. No. I, didn't I mean, it's so plain. Like I couldn't. Right. He wears just a button-up and pants, and I, yeah. I meant having known the twist, I meant to like keep an eye on that. Did I didn't even know. notice. No. So no, I didn't. I have to go back that. again and see <laughs> if he's wearing the same clothes. No, I'm gonna watch it again. <laughs> and then, oh my god, the ending! I I got teary-eyed at the yeah. end. Yeah. But he tells her that he loves her, and she says goodnight to him. So, like, he quickly, like, comes to terms with it and is able to pass on. He says, you go to sleep, and he said, tomorrow everything will be okay. I'm like, oh! I know. Everything will be better or something like that. Yeah, I was like, oh, my God. And then it, it like, ends. Yeah. He even said bye to Cole, too. And, like, Cole kind of assumed, too, it seemed like, that once he went home and talked to his wife, he wouldn't be seeing him again. He's like, let's say goodbye. Like, we're going to see each other tomorrow. Not like it's forever. But it was definitely going to be forever. Oh, God. Yeah. I I think that was the first time that really, like, hit me like that. I haven't seen this movie in a long time. Yeah. And, like, it got me emotional. I was, like, teary. I don't I did. Yeah. Movies, when they're sad, they they get me, man. No, I I understand. It was was good. I really liked all the characters and stuff like that, too. I wasn't, like, disappointed by anyone's, like, acting choices or Mm -hmm. anything. So, no. It was a very strong performance by everybody. Yes. Good job. Yes. Yes. Bravo. Bravo. (laughs) I understood what you were talking about. Thank you. I know. Thank you for having a definitive ending. (laughs) Thank you for telling me. (laughs) Thank you. We're stupid. (laughs) Ready to delve into some of the ghost characteristics? Yes. So I noticed that ghosts are able to project their thoughts and feelings through Cole. And there's a scene where Cole's mom is cleaning around the house. And I think she should have maybe noticed something was wrong with Cole a lot earlier in life. Because all of the photos she has hanging of Cole are him not smiling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's like these splashes of light or something. Or even like the outline of somebody. Yeah, kind like of a little spark or like a little flash of light. Orbs. Like orbs. Yeah, like orbs. And he's always looking at them. And this is the first time she's noticed these. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a little weird. I'm like... You never thought... And you're not, like, confused that why your child never smiles for a photo from, like, birth to now? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah, that part was a little weird. But it was cool that she noticed. And, like, every single photo, there's a little little light. And, you know, like, in real life, when, you know, a lot of ghost pictures are, like, orbs or, like, little flashes of light. So, I mean, that's believable. Right. 
and they also cause disturbances in Cole's house by opening all the cabinets and drawers, dropping the temperature. And Cole even describes it as like whenever you feel like the hair on the back of your neck stand up or something mm-hmm. or get goosebumps, it's them. Yeah. And I know we, you know, you talked about how they have like the wounds that they were left with. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't really talk about the ghosts in the school. There's a scene where there's three of them hanged. That upset me as a child, I remember. Yeah, that's weird. Are they just perpetually hanging there, or do they ever They're, move? like, blinking at him. So, yeah, I think they're just perpetually like, there. How do you help those ones? They're just stuck hanging there. That's crazy. I guess you talk to them. I don't know. <laughs> um, hey, guys. How's it hanging? But it... <laughs> that was awful. <laughs> I'll, I'll let myself out. Yeah. Okay, bye. bye. <laughs> Stephanie's going to find a new co-host. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. I apologize for everything I ever said. Okay. Oh, that was me shutting the door. <laughs> <laughs> No, but really, we did mention that how he sees them as they had perished and sometimes they don't even realize that they're talking to him. But it seems like that if they resolve anything that's holding them back, they are able to move on. Mm-hmm. It's not like a Susie Salmon situation. Yeah, I mean, there's that common thread of moving on. Yes. But just done completely different. Like, they're not in a different world. They're just in ours, yeah. it seems. Like, even though, like, that one ghost was replaying her last moments and the kid who very clearly accidentally shot himself. Mm-hmm. They were living those moments. I, I'm assuming on repeat, like... I'm guessing? I don't know. But Cole said, like, walking around like normal people. So I'm like, I guess for some people, like, I guess Bruce Willis's character, Malcolm in this case, they can just kind of go about their day and assume yeah, he's <laughs> that still- their wives are really unhappy, their families are very unhappy with them. <laughs> yeah, like, he's still living his life, but some of these, like, the people that are hanged, are very clearly not living their life. Not doing so well. They're not doing so hot. They're literally just stuck in this school. Could you imagine how long they've been there? Oh my god. That was yeah. like way back when yeah. you know the pilgrims Cole, and stuff. Cole should put them on like first priority to yeah, like the, I gotta go talk to those people. Yeah, oh crap. Now that I know what I have to do. I am so sorry every time I walk past you and like they're like, help me! Help, please. We've been strangling ourselves for the last oh I don't know how many centuries. Right. And then, like, even the ghost teacher, I wonder if he helped her to move on. Because, like, she's still stuck in her state after the fire. So Maybe. Oh, it's interesting how some are, like, completely oblivious. Because he does say some don't know they're dead. But, like, you have to know you're dead if you're hanging there. Yeah. Maybe it's also coming to terms with it, too. Like, it takes longer for others to (laughs) realize that they have passed. Yeah. Like, it seemed like the girl knew right away because she was filming it. In her life mm-hmm. before she had actually passed, which I don't know why she kept eating the soup and stuff that her mom was giving her. She knew she was being poisoned. I don't think she knew she was being poisoned, though. No, she was filming it. That's how. She... I, but do you think she went back and watched them, though, in that time? Like, I think that's kind of a weird plot hole, I think, because uh, I don't necessarily know that she was watching back, because, like, why would she keep eating it? Or she would have, like, shown somebody sooner. I know? guess so. I guess. Because, like, it would have been a long time. You know, I don't think that. So you think she was just, like, filming herself playing and hiding it from her mom, and then... I just don't think she was watching him back yet, you oh, know? Oh, okay. Because then she, I feel like she would have said something. She wouldn't have kept eating it. Like, okay. hello. I don't know. It seemed like she was just trying to get proof for the fact that when she does die kind of thing. Because you can hear her mom saying in the background after she gives her the soup, and it, you can only kind of see the camera right there. But they're in the background of the shot. Like, don't tell me it tastes funny or Mm -hmm. something like that. So I'm like, so we're already assuming that it's poison and just going to let it happen? (laughs) I don't think so. I I don't think she knew she was being poisoned. Okay. Personally. Yeah, 
I mean, probably she was just filming herself playing like a young YouTube star. <laughs> yeah, she was ahead of the game. She was already ready to go. It's funny in the um, scene where it's the play, they all had those big cameras. Yeah. And not a cell phone in sight, you know? Right. So that was funny. Yeah. But yeah, I know we already mentioned 13 ghosts, but they're like stuck in that perpetual state of right. how they died. Yes. And that's what they look like. But they're actually able to talk, though. Like the 13 ghosts oh. weren't verbally talking. Yeah, they were just making noises. I'm sure, not to go back to 13 ghosts, but the more I think about, about it, I think at some point they might be able to talk. Because the one was able to be like, come here, Billy, or whatever the oh, hell true. that kid's name was. True. It's weird that there's that connection between 13 <laughs> ghosts and... Six cents. Six cents. Yeah. We're getting to the point now, we're on episode 9, I believe, at this point. How are you liking how these movies are, like, portraying ghosts? Do you like the Sixth Sense version, where they're just kind of, like, they're not, like, there's no special effects to them. They're just, they just look like regular people. There's no see-through. They don't fly. Any of that weird stuff. So, like, my preferred method of ghost in movies, or, like, what I would hope happens once I die? Oh, no, not once you die. (laughs) No, just in the movies. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Oh, that is a good question. So I'm hoping for, like, a Susie Salmon situation, like, just a cool world. That yeah, at that point, yeah. <laughs> but for the ghost thing, as a concept in the movies, yeah, I think Sixth Sense does it. Probably one of the best ways to interpret mm-hmm. ghosts. I'm sure there'll be also other ones that come up in our series that we haven't reviewed yet mm-hmm. that I will also probably agree with the concept. I think Casper's kind of hokey in concept of the whole, like, you don't look anything like you you did when you were alive. So I like the whole imagining seeing them as they were before they passed, but not necessarily the gory aspect Mm -hmm. of it. Yeah. I think Sixth Sense is the most realistic of the movies we've watched so far. Oh, yeah. Like, I think it was such a clever idea to include the pictures with the little... Like, lights. Because yeah, that's it makes you, it real for you. Yeah, right. because, like, when you see ghost pictures, like, nine times out of ten, that's what you see, some kind of wispy light anomaly. And because we're seeing through Cole's eyes, we see the actual person. So, in all... It almost I, gives you, like, a taste of what it would be like to be an actual right. medium. Yeah. In, in all aspects, I think this movie is by far the most believable if, you know, someone... Like, the crossing over into real world kind mm-hmm. of... Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. This is by far the closest I think we've gotten so far. Yeah. Like, even if you go back to, like, Personal Shopper, which is open to interpretation, as we discussed in that episode, but, like, even that with, like, the pounding and the ectoplasm, like... That seemed more hokey than... Yeah, it seemed more outlandish, whereas this is... It's just a person. Yeah. So. Yeah, I like that description a lot, so... I believe it. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show and listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, giving us a five-star rating is super helpful, and we will always appreciate that. And you can find us on social media using 13 Degrees of Screams. This has been 13 Degrees of Screams, and we will see you next creep. I see dead people. <gasps> you do? No. What? Oh. Sorry. <laughs> womp womp.